Goes deep left side, and the man is open. It's Callaway. He hits him in stride. Callaway. Touchdown, Florida. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. We are hitting the home stretch here. Uh, three days left to the NFL Draft. Julio Jones just made his Twitter account private, and all of you are freaking out. So let's settle it down with some draft content here. I bring in Kyle. You can follow him on Twitter at KP underscore show. Uh, he does uh, the Bleach Report and NFL 1000. Kyle, how are we doing today, man? Doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Every day we get close to the draft, is uh, is uh, I'm doing a little bit better. But we're going to talk about Antonio Callaway today, and you know, wait, the talent is there, and we'll get to that, but let, let's talk about his background a little bit. First, to give a, an outline of his production, you know, he didn't play in 2017 due to the suspension, but his sophomore year, he had 54 catches, 721 yards for in 13.4 average, three touchdowns, and the year before, he had 35 catches, 678 yards, a 19.4 average, and four touchdowns, and then he had a pretty good combine with his 4-4-1, 34-inch vertical, he came in at 5'10 and uh, 200 pounds, he is the cousin of John Brown, and now... Obviously, the big stuff with him is that he's had a lot of trouble off the field. I mean, the credit card scam, the multiple arrests, there, there's a lot of uh, situations. I know there's a lot of reports where, like, scouts have come out and said that if they had to bet on one guy to fail a drug test, it would be Antonio Callaway. So there's a lot of concerns with him. But talk to me about Callaway, the player. What are some of the things you like about his game? Yes, and with all that off off the field stuff, man, it's, it's so hard for us because as far as we know, that'll never be a problem. And then... On the other hand, it'll be a problem the first day of practice. So it's so tough to just gauge that. But as far as on the field, man, he's a player. Like He legit has the skills that you want, the skills that you look for just when watching a receiver. Um, the obvious one that jumps out is just his speed. And he really does play at like that 4-4-1 speed just against, against essentially any team that you saw. He's just cruising by dudes, like effortlessly running by guys. So, I mean, you want a deep threat in the NFL. You want to be able to stretch the field. So, First things first, that's what you see. Yeah, I mean, a 19.4 yards per catch as his freshman year, that's absurd. And, you know, he ran the 4-4-1, but I feel like he might even play faster than that. You know, he gets vertically incredibly well. And like you talked about, that that ability is crucial to teams in today's NFL. Yeah, and you, and you see um, his – I know his yards per catch was very, very high. I think it was uh, top three in the SEC when he played in 16 or whatever. Um that guy, man, on these screen plays, he'll just like make one guy miss, make two guys miss, and then just take off for like 20 yards. So you see it just getting vertical, like you said, but even after the catch on these little two-yard screens, turning them into like 20-yard plays, like that's a big deal. That matters. Yeah, he's dangerous with the ball in his hands, right? Not just down the field, but his open field vision, his elusiveness, you know, he's almost like a running back. You know what I mean? His That versatility that he brings in offense, you know, he's kind of like almost like a DJ Shark meets DJ Moore somewhat uh, in terms yeah, of his ability. Um, that's really good. I mean, he returned punts as well, uh, 12.1 yards uh, return per punt, 29.3 yards per kick return. I mean, 
this could almost be like the Tyree Kill kind of player of this draft, this super fast, dangerous player that you know you can use on underneath plays, you can use on uh, down the field stuff, and he could be really dangerous. You can tell that he's a punt returner as soon as the ball is in his hands, like on deep on offense. Like he instantly goes into returner mode, ball carrier mode, and that's when he makes guys miss. You said that he is very dangerous with the ball in his hands. I think he's equally as dangerous before the catch. Like you'll see a lot of times, man. I think he's one of the better receivers in the draft. Just at like avoiding contact, just like not being thrown off his route, and that's how he gets so open. Like he's very good at just uh, like at the top of his route, he'll make one or two cuts, set the defender up. Um, he avoids contact, and that's how he just runs by guys. It's pretty impressive, man. He, uh, there's a lot to like. Yeah, I'll throw in the other thing is that he, I think he tracks the football pretty well over his shoulder, and that's huge. Anytime you're a vertical threat, something I have some questions with Shark on, but you know this is a Callaway podcast. So here's a question that I don't typically ask. If it wasn't for the off-the-field stuff, is this guy a first- or second-round talent? So I think just in this draft, because that's what really matters, I think I would imagine so. Like I don't see the other receivers that you would take over him. I'm a, I actually do like Cortland Sutton quite a bit, but, I mean, I don't think that I would take him in the first round. And the other guys I'm not as high on as others. I know a lot of people like DJ Moore, I have questions about him. And then Ridley, obviously, there's a, of just the age, um, how, how big he is. But I think um, – I would comfortably take Callaway over those guys just because not only the upside, what he can do with the ball in his hands, what he can do on special teams, and he can play right away. Like he's a legit outside receiver. You can see him run routes. You can see him create separation at the top of his route, avoid contact. There's a lot of things he does really well. So, yeah, I think for sure he's a first-rounder. Yeah, I think his talent is – I mean, that's why he's going to get a shot in the NFL, right? Because a guy with his off the field, if he's not super talented, is not getting opportunities. So, Oh, no shot. So he's going to fall in the draft, but the team that takes a risk, if he works out off the field, is going to get a hell of, hell of a talent. But, you know, no player is perfect, even if you remove the off the field stuff. So kind of what are some of the questions you have about his game? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So how, how you said he tracks the ball well over his shoulder, like that's exactly correct. You see him – um, extend forward, have no issues at all. When he's coming back to the ball, like on curls, it seems like he picks it up late. He lets the ball into him, and that's what leads to like drops. I don't know how you really describe it. I, I know that he had seven. Uh, he dropped seven just per PFF. Actually, he dropped seven of his sixty-one um, sixty-one catches in, in sixteen. He had an eleven eleven percent drop rate, which is, I mean, it's pretty high. Just, you know, compared to I think the average is like six or eight percent. And and you just see you just see him. Um, he lets the ball into his pads. He uses uh, doesn't use his hands. Doesn't extend. The, he doesn't extend his hands away from the his body. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, it's pretty weird just to describe because he looks a lot more comfortable when he is down the field and going over his uh, just going over his shoulder, but. Yeah, not so much coming back to the ball. Yeah, I don't think he's incredibly comfortable in traffic in terms of if you want to ask him to win over the middle, he'll he'll let the ball into his body. You know, he's. I think he has concentration drops. I think basically what he does, he does really well, and there are other things that he struggles at, you know, in terms of catching the football. And your point about it's inconsistent. or Actually, it's, it's pretty consistent. It's just it's doing different things, you know, tracking the ball, great. Right. Letting right. it into his body, not so great. And then – you know, he, he did struggle some with ball security. I think he had six fumbles in his career. And then you mentioned, and I think this is a really good point, is that he avoids contact uh, in his routes really well. But if he does, if you do get your hands on him, it can affect him. Um, I, I think that's an area of his game that he really needs to improve uh, as well. And, you know, 
without just mentioning the the off the field stuff you know the i think he also had a sexual assault charge right on top of the other things we talked about but not playing a whole year and being suspended you know how many reps was this guy getting how many how much work was he doing all of that stuff that that's a hard question for one of us to evaluate and that's something nfl teams are gonna have to feel pretty comfortable with it's really tough to simulate actual practice actual games no matter how hard you work because you i mean when you're doing wind sprints when when you're running routes on air you're going to give yourself a break. So, I mean, there's there's really no way to simulate it unless you're actually with the team. So, yeah, game game shape's going to be a big question, man. That's that's definitely for sure. When he, when you watch his game, is there someone he reminds you of? I don't know, man. I mean, I people just because of where he goes, people are going to quickly compare him to Percy Harvin. But I think he's a better route runner than Percy Harvin was. And just getting back to weaknesses real quick, I think how we how we talked about how he avoids contact, I think he knows it himself and that shows up just with the strength of he just doesn't want to deal with that um, i don't know man i've seen some crazy compare i've seen people compare him to the atlanta falcons receiver uh, there's they're all over the place i don't know i really don't know what to what to pair him with i actually if there was a sharp plus dj Moore thing that might be that might be perfect man because there's a lot of strengths and weaknesses combined with those two that that really fit, fits the mold for him. I don't know that there is just one, though. Do you have anybody in the NFL that he reminds you of? So I think that's uh, I think that's one of the ways I actually like to compare players. Is one, I think it's always easier to compare players to the guys that you've just studied the most, too, because you recognize certain traits. Uh, <laughs> but, but with Moore and Shark, he does have certain aspects of those guys' games. And, you know, if I want to add another one in, you know, the way Lee Evans was able to get vertical at Wisconsin and then in the Ooh. NFL as well, you know, I think he could bring that aspect of the game as well. That's really good. Evans was a burner. Evans had no problem uh, getting downfield. I think he was a track guy. So, I, I, what did he run the 40? He, he had to be a 4 3 guy because he was super fast. 4, four 3 um, 9, 5 11, 197. So, like, he's mock draftable. Oh, boy, too. that's right on. Yeah. So, he's, yeah. he's a very similar athlete. Uh, I think. Cali might be a little bit better with the ball in his hands, but uh, obviously the off-field stuff is different. But I, I think in terms of the, the play style and what he could bring to a team, some Lee Evans to his game. Yeah, and Evans also had some trouble coming back to the ball as far as his catching-wise too. But at the same time, you didn't really see those issues down the field. Yeah, Lee Evans is a good one. I like that. I always talk about this is that, and I think this is even more important for receivers, is where these guys go has such a huge impact on their future success. If you could put him on any team, where would you like to see him go in terms of future success? Oh, boy. I mean, it, for for almost any team, you want to pair him with one of the better quarterbacks. So you just want to see him with like a Breeze or a Rodgers. But, I mean, you also want to see him help out a quarterback as well. So, with with Nagy and the Bears, so they got a young quarterback in Trubisky, and they love to throw a lot of screens and stuff. I think Nagy would know them, move him around, get him the ball as often as possible. I think he could really help Trubisky out in the end. I mean, that'd probably help his fantasy value shoot up the board just because I mean, instantly be the number one receiver. I think so, anyways. Yeah, no, he would pop. He would complement Allen Robinson incredibly well. You know, Kevin White is going to play two games before his season's over. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you mentioned how good he is on screen passes, and you mentioned Nagy, and then Herflick comes in from Oregon, and they run a ton of screens, and that that just kind of fits that skill set that up 
pace, uh, up tempo, offense, screen passes, vertical shots. You know, Trubisky was actually one of the better uh, guys down the field in terms of success rate this past season. So I really like that Bears call. Now you mentioned the good quarterback. I think he would be perfect in Green Bay as the third receiver with Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams. That's a huge cop out. I think it'd be huge upgrade. <laughs> right, right. To the Dallas Cowboys as well. I mean, I think any receiver in this draft is a huge upgrade. But, you know, he gets separation, and the Cowboys, I don't even know if those receivers know what separation is at this point. And I would love no. to see get Dak get help. And I mentioned the Cowboys should really double dip in this draft class. And I think that, um, you know, if you take a guy like Sutton or uh, DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley at 19 – and you want to come back and take Callaway at fourteen or uh, sorry fourth or fifth round? That makes some sense. You know the Cowboys have been known to take some chances on guys with off the field issues, but at the same time, that Dallas star and that Cowboy lifestyle might not be the best for Callaway off the field. Yeah, big city bright lights, man. It might do him in, but it's tough to say. And I guess I did forget about Robinson to the Bears, but just for hot take's sake, I'm not going to back off him being the best receiver. Um, <laughs> let's. <laughs> so let me ask you this: If let's say that the Cowboys do double dip and they go more in the first and they come back with uh, Callaway who has a better rookie year I think Callaway could you know I think it's funny because you know so many people hate Jarvis Landry and those people then come back and love DJ Moore and I've talked a lot about this but I think Moore is a guy where a lot of his production is manufactured I think he's really good with the ball in his hands I think he can make contested catches I think he can uh make plays after the catch like Callaway, but I think Callaway runs better routes, um, is able to avoid contact, and gets vertically much better than DJ Moore does. I 100% agree, yeah. I'm actually not – I'm out on the Moore camp, and I would I would take – I mean, if, if it weren't for the off-the-field stuff, I would be looking at Callaway at 19. Yeah, So I, and the Cowboys are probably a team that should take that chance on Callaway because they need so much <laughs> right. help. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that would be a, a pretty good compliment. And honestly, you're not wrong. He could come out and have a better rookie year and even a better career if he, he stayed healthy. And, you know, I also like the Bears' call because what Nagy did with Tyreek Hill, and now that has nothing to do with Tyreek Hill's off-the-field stuff, but how he used an underneath receiver and got Hill vertically as well and developed his route tree and did all that stuff, I, I think – I think those are probably the three teams I'd like to see him go to, the 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 Bears, the Cowboys. And, you know, the nice thing about going to the Packers is they need a guy to get vertically, but also there's not a whole lot to do in Wisconsin. So that's going to help him out in terms of staying clean <laughs> off the field. He's going to – wait, what if that backfires and he just drives himself insane and then he can't wait for every road game and then just goes crazy on the road? I'm, I'm taking the J.R. Smith approach. Remember when he got traded to the Cavs and he's like – they're like, why are you playing so much better? He's like, there's nothing to do but play basketball out here. So I'm going to I'm gonna take the J.R. Smith Yeah, maybe approach. he'll do the good call. I like that. That's funny. All right, Kyle, I just want to thank you for joining us, man. The, your your knowledge is fantastic. I know you put so much work in on these guys. Why don't you tell people kind of where they can find you and what you're working on? Yeah, man, I mean, right now I'm just doing some stuff at Bulls from the Blue, just making some videos lately over there. Uh, probably going to do one on whoever they draft. Um, but besides that, man, I just take a step back until football comes and just get back to Bleacher Report and just uh, really studying DBs. So that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, Kyle, thank you for joining us again, guys. You can follow him at KP underscore show um I, listen I, I love his twitter handle or twitter bio it might be the best one on all of twitter leave your facts at the door shoot or shoot winners win uh guys <laughs> um you're listening to the draft daily podcast i'm your host elliot chris you can find us on itunes google play stitcher and podbean as always guys we really appreciate listening thank you thanks guys i spend my time drinking wine feeling fine waiting here to find the sign that I can undo
understand. Yes, I am. So every day I spend my time.